What's going on, guys? Welcome back to Dini Takeover. Yeah, as you guys can see, I am by myself today. But that does not stop the fun of today's show. Don't you worry, because we got a lot to tune in today. I hope the camera's good, because it's been bothering me today. And I don't like when things bother me, so, like, tell me if you guys were. How Mario? How are you doing today? Are you having a great day? Um, we got an exciting day of sports. I'm not going to lie to you guys. In the next hour, it's going to be the most exciting hour you probably had of all your week. So I'm going to try to make it the best one, and hopefully we're going to th- strive for it. So overall, we're going to get into a lot of NFL because we got a lot of NFL trades that happened uh, over the weekend. And also last yesterday, which was a BS trade, which I will get into, and I'm very upset about it. Also, um, we're going to get into the Lakers and them being under 500, even though they were on a three-game win streak before, and then looks like they're losing their footing a little bit. Also, we're going to get into the Sacramento Kings and are they a real threat for the playoffs? And also, which trade in the NFL do you think is going to happen first? And which where where do we like to see these guys end up in the future? So, without further ado, and also some Champions League recap because I got to make fun of PSG today after their 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 terrible their terrible loss to Bayern Munich in the round of 16. So, yeah, 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 we make fun of we make fun of PSG today. Why not? Once in a while. Once in a while, they deserve a nice little reality check, and they got one. But also, and then we got our NBA go to the week for today, and our total going, I think, two for two. I don't know, guys. Comment down below. I think I lost track of it. But um, without further ado, hopefully everyone's having a great day because we got an exciting hour of this show coming out to you right now. But let's get into the first topic of today's show. If we not, let's do it right now. Let's go with the baby. Into our first topic, and I got to get into this one because it's about The Panthers trading for the first pick. So I don't know if you guys heard what happened, but apparently the Panthers, I believe it was on Saturday or Sunday, it was over the weekend, and the Panthers decided that they are going to go balls to the wall because why not? And they're going to go trade for, uh, they're going to trade for the first pick from the Bears and get the uh, and get the first pick and hopefully get uh, C.J. Stroud or Bryce Young in the future. We'll discuss that later into this in the, in the segment. But I really want to discuss the Panthers get, getting the first trade. But here's what it cost. Because when I saw it, my eyes kind of lit up because I'm like, dang, that's that, that's a lot of picks. I don't know if you guys saw it, but it was a lot. And basically, what the Panthers what what the Panthers gave for the first pick, the Panthers received the first pick, which is in this year's draft, the number one overall pick, and the Bears received the number nine pick of this year's draft. The 61st pick of this year's draft and the 2024 first round pick and a 2025 second round pick. And if you didn't think that was enough, TJ Moore, a superstar wide receiver. I'm like, I'm like, what? I'm like, what? I don't know, guys. Comment down below if you guys think that's a lot for a first round pick. But like then again, it's not too uncommon to see these things unfold like this, like them spending a lot for a first round pick. If we saw it years in the past. And if I pull it up real quick, I saw ESPN. Thank God they did this. But it was a good a good representation of how much other teams gave up picks in the past. So I have one in 2016 was the last time that teams traded for the first overall pick. And Tennessee Titans traded to the Los Angeles Raiders. Not Raiders. Los Angeles Rams. They traded. Um, Titans had the first pick. Los Angeles Rams traded for the first pick. And that's in 2016 when they got Jared Goff. <laughs> see how good that worked out for them. They make a playoffs, but I'm not judging. Um, but the Titans, they received a 2016 first round pick, a 2016 second round pick, a 2016, another second round pick, 
2016 third round pick, a 2017 first round pick, and a 2017 third round pick. So just to sum it up, they got in total two first round picks, three seconds, and two thirds for Jared for in return for the first overall pick. So if anything, that's a little bit more value than what the Panthers gave for the first overall pick. Also, if we really got to go into it even more. In 2000 and 2001, we had the San Diego Chargers to Atlanta Falcons. And this is when the Atlanta Falcons picked up Michael Vick with the first overall pick. But the Chargers received um, the two, uh, a 2001 first round pick, uh, 2021 third round pick, uh, and a 2002 second round pick. Um, and also, this happened in 97 where the Jets traded to St. Louis Rams. I know St. Louis Rams, they were still a team back in the day. But in 97, they traded to the St. Louis Rams for, in fact, Orlando Pace was the number one pick, uh, number one player received. And the Jets received 1997 first round pick, um, a 1997 third round pick, a 1997 fourth round, and a seventh round pick. So you guys see where the trend is going. A lot of teams give up a lot of value and a lot of assets in order to obtain the first overall pick. Now, I know if, if you guys know me a little bit, you know that I'm not too fond on selecting quarterbacks early in the draft because of all the pressure and all of the, the hype that goes around these quarterbacks, especially younger quarterbacks. Like, we don't know what they're going to become, and we've been seeing them in college. A good example, and plus, and plus, they're going to bad teams. So it's like you're expecting them to become a great superstar quarterback, even though you're going to a team that's broken. It's like the reason why they were so successful at Alabama or so successful at Ohio State, some major great schools that they're winning championships from, is because of the fact that that team – talent wise was amazing compared to all the other teams like we got to stop looking at it in the sense where yeah a player can be talented this is just my opinion you guys comment down below what you think but i think like we put a lot of emphasis on first round pick and obviously a lot of money is involved with this because there wouldn't be a draft without there wouldn't be like any time the money has to be involved in order for there to be a draft but overall if you really look at it sure i think a lot of these quarterbacks are gonna be good i think bryce young is gonna be great i think cj stroud is gonna be great Anthony Richardson in, in a couple of years is going to be great. Like Will Rev Levis, another one's going to be great in a couple of years. But like we put so much emphasis on these guys to come out like and be the number one dude and become like that type of top 10 quarterback, top five quarterback going into the NFL. I just think it takes time with the right coaching staff, the right support system around the dude. He can develop into becoming a, a star guy. But my key example is, you can draft a quarterback in the third, fourth round, like a Brock Purdy that led the team to the NFC Conference Championship, and also, like in fact, a Tom Brady, the the ultimate goat at the position. He was the 199th pick in the sixth round, and he look what he became. So honestly, uh, sure, I think Bryce Young, he's talented. I think he'd be a great quarterback. I think CJ Stroud can be a great quarterback. I think everyone in this draft can be great quarterbacks. But overall, it's going to depend on situation they're in whether they can evolve and adapt to the situation and if they have it ultimately in them at the end of the day. But enough of my rant. Let's go into the value of the picks. So like I said, the Panthers gave up four picks and DJ Moore, who if you don't know him, he's he's a stud receiver, top 10, top 10 receiver. You can argue he hasn't been in those numbers. He hasn't been in top 10 because of the fact that his team is, his quarterbacks have been so bad in the past that he hasn't really gotten a lot of recognition. But that dude can ball. The dude can be a top 10 wide receiver. And now he's going to Justin Fields in the Chicago Bears. Um, if, uh, if you guys want to comment down below, you guys think that was a good? Good? Is that good? Or is that? I don't know. I think me personally, if we really got to look into it, 
I think it helps out a lot, Justin Fields. I mean, there's no complaining. You guys got four picks, and you're keeping your Justin Fields. Or it tells Justin Fields that, hey, I, the Bears are telling Justin Fields, hey, I'm your number one guy. You're you're our number one guy. We're gonna trust you. We've seen a lot of improvements going in from year one to where we are now. We like the system. Obviously, you were trying to run all over the place last season, and um, and trying to get make plays, get us wins, and we appreciate that. Now, here is a number one wide receiver. Have fun. Like, that's literally what they do, and I think that helps out tremendously. And if we look at the trend of number one wide receiver, uh, of, of top receivers going to quarterbacks, young quarterbacks, it's a very good trend. Like, last year we saw A.J. Brown go to the Eagles with Jalen Hurts, and Jalen Hurts became the top five quarterback in a sense, arguably. Also, we saw in years past, Stephon Diggs go to Buffalo with Josh Allen, and Josh Allen submerged into an MVP type of quarterback. Obviously, he didn't win an MVP, but he's MVP caliber quarterback. Also, just that's just naming a few. We also Tua with Tyree Kill. They brought Tyree Kill, and obviously, he's got scrambled eggs. I feel bad for the dude, but we're going to get into them later in the show next segment. But overall, it helped him tremendously because he was playing good when he was healthy. He was looking like he was literally in MVP conversations, at least from my opinion, when he was healthy. And then all of a sudden, they, mis- and they mishandled his injuries. It's all their fault. Um, if you really look at it, the trend with having a star wide res- having a number one wide receiver go to a young quarterback is always is looking positively. Let's just say that I think we can all agree with that, with a l- uh, the list of examples that I've I've listed. But um, Justin Fields, it, it it all depends on the number one thing. Adding DJ Moore it helps. I was talking to Mr. Motivations, so shout out to Mr. Motivations about this. He loves Justin Fields. He loves the Panthers. So. It's kind of like a win-win situation. And I was I was talking to him, shout out to Mr. Motivations, but I was basically saying, I'm like, how do you feel about this trade? How's it going? And he said, I think now you got to go and get that number one quarterback. Obviously, for the Panthers, you got to be um, going Bryce Young or CJ Stroud. Can't be ha- you can't be you can't be mad at either one. They're both studs as it is. So, like number one, number two, if you want to say number one, number one, if you want to put that on the list. So it looks like Panthers, Carolina Panthers people, they're they're pretty happy with the thing. They're upset they had to get rid of DJ Moore. But, like, if you're a quarterback, it's going into another not a terrible situation because they're not, they have a good defense. But in terms of the offensive situation, like Bryce Young or CJ Stroud are going to step into a situation where they're, they're, there's no stud number one wide receiver. And we've seen that in past issues where if you don't have a number one wide receiver, you can't really thrive or thrive well into the playoffs, especially as a young quarterback. So it's going to be interesting to see what they do in free agency. But now going back into the Bears situation, they got DJ Moore. Check off the wide receiver checklist. You don't have to go looking for a wide receiver anymore. You have a number one dude. Now for Justin Fields, it's turning into a more like, okay, we're getting you the guys. When in the past it looked like we're not getting you nothing and like we felt bad for the dude. Now it's like, hey, we're we're getting you the guys slowly but surely. So I'm expecting the Bears to make a big leap into – into free agency. I believe that they did sign someone at the offensive line position. I could be mistaken because there's been a lot of a lot of signings today because free agency just opened today. But I do believe that they did sign someone. So that's another check off the list. I mean, I feel like if you're the Chicago Bears and they got a middle linebacker too, I think Edmonds out of the uh, Buffalo Bills. So they signed their signing spots in the defensive end. And now they got to get the offensive end, offensive line to look Amazing. Like I'm signing, I'm expecting you draft a couple of offensive linemen or you, you draft a, a, def- a defensive end, a safety, whatever you have to do in the draft. You build up with the draft 
and you build up in free agency. And I expect this the Chicago Bears team to do to do pretty good. I mean, we're looking at like a division with there's no Aaron Rodgers anymore, supposedly. We'll see if he goes to the Jets. We're still waiting on that on that call. I know I am. But like we're looking at a division in the NFC North where you have the Vikings as looks like the top threat. They look like a great team. But then after that, it's pretty much a toss-up for the second option. I mean, Green Bay still thinks that they have a good enough team with Jordan Love. I just don't see it yet. I don't. Honestly, I might put my money on if the Bears do the right steps in free agency and the draft. I might, I might put my money on the Chicago Bears coming with the second. Oh, no, no. No, wait. wait no, I know. I know. I know. Nice is getting mad at me right now. I forgot it's the Detroit Lions. So the Detroit Lions are probably the second best team in that division. But the but the Bears are looking like the third option. I think Packers fall down to the fourth fourth spot. Um, ultimately, with the success, obviously what I listed before, the Bears still need to get an offensive line. They need to draft defensive weapons, free agency, all that stuff. But like they're taking a step into the right direction, and now it's turning into a situation where I said this before, but they're not. We're not, we're, we're putting it into Justin Fields' hands. And before it was like, all right, we're not really helping him. Like we're screwing him over and all that stuff. And now it's like, hey, we're helping you out right now. We're going to put this in your hands and we're going to see what you can cook. So if you're not Russell Wilson, you're not going to burn down the facility. But if you can at least throw like you did in college, we could be a playoff team in a year or two. I really do think that that's, that's really possible. But um, real quick, let me just take a water break. Anyway, going into... Um, I had a question. I said, was it wrong for the Panthers to tr not try for Lamar Jackson? And I listened to this question today and it really, it really brought my interest to the fact that it was really interesting because of the fact that Lamar Jackson is still up there. And I believe teams can start hitting him up for offers as, as soon as Wednesday, they can start offering him deals as soon as Wednesday when the actual free agency begins today, it's like the tampering period where you can talk to them, but you're not officially signed until Wednesday. So Wednesday comes around, any team can go give a contract to Lamar Jackson and the Ravens have a chance to offer it to, to not offer it to match it. So people were like, Oh, shouldn't the Ravens tried for Lamar Jackson? Then then they wouldn't have to give up DJ Moore, and they would still have a number one wide receiver. And um, pretty much most of these picks, they would have to give up two first round picks as compensation compensation, but they would keep the 61st overall pick and the 2025 second round pick. And I think about it, I'm like, yeah, they, they honestly they honestly should have went for Lamar Jackson. I mean, there's no harm, no foul in this situation. I think if you would have waited until Wednesday, I think the trade with the Bears would have still been a possibility. I just don't like how they not rushed it because obviously they they they, they made up their mind and they wanted to get a young wide receiver, young quarterback. But like, I just think with Lamar Jackson, the MVP caliber player that he is. And I know a lot of teams, and a lot of people are baffled by the fact that no one's signing him, or no one's taking interest, or a lot of people are backing out of his deal. And I feel like when you really look at it, it's like, sure, I'm surprised on one aspect because of the fact that like Lamar Jackson, MVP, guy's amazing. Like, how do you not? He's a franchise guy, top five quarterback when healthy. Like, I understand that aspect, but when you look at the other side, it's like I understand the concerns. You're, the dude's looking for a fully guaranteed contract. He's looking for at least $250 million guaranteed, like a Deshaun Watson deal, in a sense. And if you look at his last two years, a dude, Lamar Jackson couldn't finish the season healthy. He's missed, I think, at least 15 or 16 games in the last two years out of a potential, what, 32, in a sense, not counting the playoffs. 
I'm sorry, 33, not counting the playoffs. But it's like we have to have this guy become our face of the franchise, a guy that we have to give $250 million guaranteed, which is a lot of bread, a lot of money, just for him to hopefully not get injured and still play at a top league caliber. Now, I still think Lamar can, but it goes back into the durability aspect as a running quarterback and him not being so accurate throwing the ball down the field. So I honestly, I'm on the fence. I would like Lamar Jackson. Like, honestly, if you're the Panthers, you would obviously want Lamar because he's still young and he can grow with the team. But in the sense, I think this is the better option for them. You get a younger quarterback, a quarterback that's taking up less cap space that you can grow with the team that could have a, that is potentially could be a better thrower, if not already is, than Lamar Jackson. So overall, I, I'm pretty happy with it. I don't know what you guys think in the comments down below, but I think the Panthers did an A-OK job. Sure, it was a lot, but if you look at the trend, a lot of teams have been giving a lot up for the first overall pick. In the past. But, I mean, if you really got to grade them just for fun, we have got to look at them like an A through F system like the school uses. I think you give the Chicago Bears, you definitely give them a, a, an A-. I think that's a fantastic load that they got. They got two first-round picks, two second-round picks, and DJ Moore. You helped, out, you helped out Justin Fields with these draft picks. And you get DJ Moore with these with, with that pick. So overall, I think I give him a B minus for the for the Panthers. This is weird because it all depends on how good these quarterbacks turn out. I know I know it's I know it's just funny. It's ironic to say that, but it all depends like in a year or two, and we can evaluate the progress. But right now, I think with the talent, evaluating the talent that Bryce Young and CJ Stroud have, I would put them at a at a B a B minus. I think I'd safe to say. Sure, you gave up a lot, and you probably could regret couple of those picks or wide receiver. But if you look at how great that these quarterbacks can be, I speak really highly of CJ Stroud. We can potentially see a new franchise guy in Carolina. And we all know how valuable a quarterback is in the NFL. You can't like, you can't go far without him. Let's just, just be honest. But um, enough of the Carolina Panthers right now and the Chicago bears. I think the bears want to shout out to the bears. They're making some moves. They're, they're getting a popping right now, but they're not the only team that's making some moves right now, guys. It's also a team called the Miami Dolphins. I know, I know. Don't, don't be rude. Don't be rude with all these crickets going around. But the Miami Dolphins, they are a good team. It's just been the fact that they made the playoffs last year. They didn't have Tua playing because obviously they've been lying about his fifth concussion. I'm pretty sure he had a concussion every single game. They just didn't report it. But the, the Miami Dolphins got Jalen Ramsey, a stud, a superstar cornerback from the Los Angeles Rams for a 2023 third-round pick and Hunter Long. Oh, my gosh. Who the hell is Hunter Long? Come on, guys. And a third-round pick? What are we doing? What is this? What is this? We got sliders on in, in Madden? Like, what, are we, are we accepting every trade? Trade override? I don't understand. What are the, what are, what are the Rams looking at that and be like, huh? Makes sense. Let's let's give up a third round pick and some guy we never heard about. It, it just doesn't make any sense. The reason and, and you give up a stud cornerback in Jalen Ramsey. It, it, it just doesn't. It just I can't fathom it. I really can't. So if you really look at it, Dolphins get Jalen Ramsey right for only a peanuts and a bag of chips. That's all they got for him. A stud guy who's I think is 28, 29 years old is in his prime. And it's consistently a top five, top three quarterback in the NFL every single year. And the Dolphins get him. So you're telling me that every single team 
that was willing to give up a third round pick and a bum, no offense, but a guy we never heard about could have got Jalen Ramsey and no one else decided to do that. I know the money is a lot on his contract, but your secondary would be stacked. Your secondary would be legitly stacked. It would be legitly stacked. I don't understand. But if I had to grade this one, oh boy, the Dolphins got an A. I give them an A grade. I think I think they they must have roofied them or something. They probably were going out for drinks with the the the, the, the Los Angeles Rams and they put a roofie in one of their drinks to make a poor decision like this. It just doesn't make any sense to me. They could have waited. They could have held it out a little longer. Probably would have got more value for him. But Overall, I think the Dolphins get an A grade for that, guys. What do you guys think about that? And also, the Rams. Oh, jeez. Honestly, I'm going to give it an F. I don't like this trade at all. I really don't like this trade at all. It just doesn't make any sense to me. But now it brings up the question to the Miami Dolphins because obviously they have a they had a lot of questions last season getting Bradley Chubb in a trade and also getting Tyree Kill, the main guy, as a trade as well. And brought a lot of speculation last season. It's like, are the Dolphins contenders for the Lombardi Trophy? And um, it really got me thinking. It's like, I, I saw a list on ESPN and said, we got five different stud playmakers on the team. Tua, Tyreek, Jalen Waddle, Xavier Howard, and now Jalen Ramsey. On both sides of the football, they got these guys. And I'm going to be honest with you. Are the Dolphins Super Bowl contenders? No, they're still not. I'm still not sold on them. Now, they can be because the talent is there, but it all depends on one guy and one thing. Tua's health. Guys, let's be honest. Like, we saw when Tua was out, they were they were dang near t- not good. Tyreek Hill wasn't going off. The playmakers weren't playmaking. And, like, Jaden Waddle, Waddle wasn't having a good game. I should know. I had him on fantasy, so thanks a lot. And also, Tyreek Hill was not producing the numbers he was when Tua was in. Respectfully so. Tua is a great quarterback. So I think when you really look at it, it all depends. And if Tua, Tua is healthy, that's literally the only ultimate factor, in my opinion. Like the quarterback, we just went over how important the quarterback position is and how everyone's trying to find that franchise guy. Well, the Miami Dolphins, in my opinion, Tua has proven that in like 10 games he's played. He's proven that he can be the franchise guy, if not already is. And if and you already got all these guys, but it only depends on one guy, and Tua has to be healthy for a whole season. There's no no more concussions, no more scrambled eggs in his brain. Like I'm being serious. Like this dude has to play a full season, if not nearly a full season, with his brain fully intact, no concussions, because in order for them to really be Super Bowl contenders, I, that's the only way I can I can deem the Super Bowl contenders. Right now, no. But it all depends on if Tua, Tua can become healthy and actually play consistent in games and be healthy consistently and hopefully play a whole season going into the playoffs. If Tua can play a whole season and not get injured, this game can be a Super Bowl contender. Defensively and offensively, they have the whole complete package, which Mike McDaniel, with Mike McDaniel at the, the head, coach, head coach position, they are a threat. But it all depends if Tua can stay healthy. I can't, I can't talk about that enough. Quarterback position is so important, and it's proven it last season when Tyreek Hill wasn't going off, when Jalen Waddle wasn't going off, and they had what Skylar Thompson lead them in a in a playoff game. Sure, he played good for two three quarters, but overall the Bills just showed that they were a better team, and they won. So it's all going to depend on Tua for me, guys. What do you guys think down below? I think it's all about Tua. I, I, that's all I gotta say about that. But um, 
I mean, I don't know. All right, I get it. I give the Dolphins an A, the Rams an F. I, I really think that was one of the worst trades. One of the worst trades in NFL history, if you really got to put a number on it. But um, yeah, that, that's all the trades that happened this weekend. I believe that 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 obviously there's been like another minuscule trade, but I'm not gonna really get into that. A couple of free agency signings, but then again, they're not confirmedly signed, they're not confirmedly on the team until Wednesday. So we'll discuss that when free agency starts taking off a little bit. I'm still waiting on the Aaron Rodgers trade situation. I know a lot of Jets fans in the chat right now are thinking about that, but he said he's going to take his time. He was on I Am Athlete podcast, and he said, you know what, I'm going to take my time. Decision's coming soon. And I'm like, dude, you better not be blue balling us right now as Jets fans because, you know, we're never going to let you. We're, not gonna let, we're never going to let you hear the end of it if you do. That's for sure. But I, I hope that a trade, the trade should happen in the next, like, coming week. Hopefully within this week there should be a trade. Hopefully – by tomorrow, there should be a trade Wednesday. Like, no other than that. Because, listen, if I'm the Jets, real quick, talking about that the Aaron Rodgers thing. If the Jets, if, if they don't get a, if they don't confirm a trade, obviously, they're just waiting on Aaron Rodgers. If Aaron Rodgers doesn't make up his mind by Wednesday, and I'm the Jets being blue-balled right now, I'm going to look at Lamar Jackson. I'm going to be like, I'm going to go sit down and talk with the dude. I'm going to be like, hey, I'm going to... I'm going to offer you this much money. We're going to sit down and talk and have a nice little chit-chat. If Aaron Rodgers makes his decision, we go with the trade. But if also, if Aaron Rodgers at the last second says, hey, psych, I'm going to retire, we revert right to right to Lamar Jackson and pray that the Ravens don't match the offer. Because right now, in this situation, you already missed your opportunity with Derek Carr. That ship has sailed. Now, the Aaron Rodgers ship, uh, ship, the Aaron Rodgers ship is slowly getting a little bumpy right now. We don't know which direction is going to go. We don't know if it's going to go left to retirement or right into Long Island. We don't know what's going to happen. And um, and then we got another destination, another ship in Lamar Jackson where he does. Lamar doesn't even know what's happening. The Ravens don't even know what's happening in that ship. So I think, obviously, your decision only, the Jets' decision on getting Lamar Jackson only depends if Aaron Rodgers wants to go to New York. So Aaron, stop blue balling us, man. Come on. Let's win a championship for real. But anyway, enough of a Jets fan for today. Eric said, shout out to Eric, popping out. He said, said Rams smoking crack for real. Honestly, I don't know what other, like, I'm going to be honest with you. I think if you put a five-year-old as a GM, I think they put up a similar trade. And I, that, I'm being compliment. I, I'm being nice. It's only saying five years old. I think they're putting up a similar value. I think if I put my seven-year-old cousin who knows nothing about football and ask him, okay, this guy is 98 rated because I got to put the numbers up so you can see it. 98 rated, and this dude is a 64, and we only give him a third. He would say no because that's an illogical. Mm, I still can't get over that. But um, anyway, Eric said, chill. The Ravens are good. <laughs> of course, you can say that. <laughs> he said, I'll be back. Got to head out. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. But um. Going into this next one. Enough of the NFL for today, guys. Oh, my gosh. Enough of the NFL for today. I want to talk about something in the NBA. Actually, it's not enough of the NFL because after the NBA, I got another NFL one. But regardless, um, going into the Los Angeles Lakers. Now, this is a team that we talked about that they were really up and down throughout the whole season. Everyone loves to talk about them because obviously the LeBron and the Lakers and who doesn't want to talk about them? They're 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 a great team and all that stuff. 
But right now, LeBron James has been injured, and they're currently sitting 33 and 35, two games below 500, and in the 11th spot. Now, if the play-in is 10 through six, seven through 10, I'm sorry. So they're they're only they're actually the same record as OKC right now, but based off of tiebreakers and all that fun stuff, they are not in the 10 spot. So looking at this, the question is: Are the Lakers going to miss out on the play-in? Guys, comment down below what you guys think. I'm gonna be honest with you. Uh, this thing is because obviously when you look at the teams that are ahead of them, I do th- they're they're better than they're they're better than the, the 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 Utah Jazz even without LeBron James. This is without LeBron James. I think they're better one than the Utah Jazz, and I think they're better than OKC. I really do. I really do. The way that their defense has been playing since they got the trades has been impacting that team so well. So I do think that they're better than those teams. Dallas, I think they're not better with them because of the two superstars that they have. And Minnesota, they could be better than them. I'm not too high on Minnesota. I think that they're one of the they they, they just that that trade with Rudy Gobert really haunts them. I think haunts them at nighttime. But if you really look at it, I think they're better than New Orleans. They're better than Portland. And that's the only teams that are, are at least have a positioning and being around nine and eight, nine and ten. So if we really look at it, are the Lakers going to miss on the play-in? I'm going to be honest with you. I'm going to say no. And if they do, embarrassment of a season. I think at that point, that's when you got to go to the drawing board. Either you got to A, add somebody to help this team, add a superstar, or B, trade Anthony Davis, trade LeBron, trade somebody and start getting picks and ride with the team that you got when you traded for who you traded for in the trade deadline. I think it's that's that's one of it's the two options I'm giving them. But um going back into the Lakers right now, they they lost last night to the to the Knicks. I believe the score in fact was uh 112 to 108. The Knicks won. Shout out to my New York Knicks. We love that. We love when they get W's. But if we really look at it, the Lakers before that, they were on a three-game win streak. They looked like one of the top defensive teams in the NBA. Since they got the trade, they were, in fact, I think first or top five in defensive efficiency, defensive, defensive rating. They're, they're, they're balling out. Anthony Davis was playing very well during that stretch as well. But now it goes back to the fact, I think another week, LeBron James reevaluates his injury, and there's currently 14 games left for them in the season. So if LeBron's out for another week, that's at least four games. If he's out for another two weeks, that's at least eight. So it all depends if... The Lakers can stay at 10, 11 spot. They are safe. But once they start losing, if they, they can't go on losing streaks. That's, that's all I'm saying is them. They can't go on a losing streak with this team. So overall, I'm going to go, Lakers are not going to miss out on the play-in. And it would be a shameful, shameful season if they do. I'm going to be honest with you. Like, Anthony Davis is still playing great. Like I said, the team was top five in def- uh, defensive efficiency since they traded for these players. Jared Vanderbilt's been balling for this team. So overall, if they don't make the play-in, and I said that their their rosters are better than New Orleans Pelicans, OKC, and Utah, and Portland. I don't know what to tell you, Los Angeles. I, I don't know. I don't know. Back to back years, you don't make the playoffs. But I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go. Yeah. I don't know. What you guys think down below, but I'm gonna go. Yeah, they're gonna make the play-in. Now it all depends on how healthy LeBron James is when they're in the play-in. But we're gonna cross that ship <laughs> when we get to it. Oh. Uh, um, no, I said, sub David, where the, where the F is Aries? We <laughs> LOL. Uh, yeah, some stuff to take care of today, but um, I'm here for the next 
about 30 minutes of the show. Thank you guys for popping out, man. I appreciate you as always, Justin. You know I do. Also, Bear said, David, after this long day, there was nothing that brought me more joy than seeing your face right now. I'm glad, bro. I'm glad. I'm having some fun talking about the sports. I just talked about Aaron Rodgers and our freaking Jets. Bear, I know you're a Jets fan, so I want to talk to you about this. Do you think Aaron Rodgers, Aaron Rodgers is blue-balling us right now? Do you agree? I think he is. He's blue-balling us. He's playing with the cords. He's playing with the strings. I don't know. But, guys, I want to hear your thoughts about this. Nice, particularly, and also Bear and everyone in the comments. Don't be shy to participate. Are the Lakers going to miss the play-in? I'm saying no. They're way, ta- they're way too talented compared to the other teams that I listed. Utah, OKC, uh, New Orleans, and Portland. They should be able to make a 10th or 9th spot easily. Easily. But, um, I mean, they're literally, they're literally, they all, you can win one game in the West and automatically go to 7th. You can win two games in the West and automatically go to 5th. It's just, it's just, the West has been so close this year that like one or two games can predict everything. Honestly, but Bear said, I want to hear this one. Aaron Rodgers playing with us. I'm already emotionally distressed and now I have to deal with this. Facts, bro. Honestly, that is so true. That is so true. He's honestly playing with our emotions. I don't know whether to applaud that or do that. It's, it, I'll applaud it once he's, when I see the, the ESPN report. Uh, go Or Matt Remsen right in the group chat. Shout out to Matt. Aaron Rodgers to the Jets. But... Now he says, oh, my Mondays and Thursdays are, are Dini takeover eccentric. We love that, bro. You don't know how much that means to us, man. It means a lot. It means a lot when you guys come out and participate. Also, Nia says, the Lakers miss the playing, sir. Now, is this pure hate? Or is there is this because you really believe so? I have to know. I have to know. But while you're saying that, Oh, and Nas, I'm, I'm so sorry, but Detroit Pistons are officially eliminated from playoff contention, so there's no more hopes. San, uh, Sacramento, uh, Sacramento. San Antonio Spurs are eliminated. Houston Rockets are eliminated. I don't think anyone cared about them. But overall, they're tanking for the first overall pick in Victor Wamanyama. But Nas says, LeBron is why you think that, but there is no LeBron, right? Yeah. yeah not, not yet. He's getting reevaluated next week. But... Ah, my gosh. Everyone's tanking for Victor Wamiya. I saw, I, I heard a rule, and it was really it was really interesting. It goes into the regu- uh, regulation in the NBA. Now, um, this is just a possibility, and they're honestly thinking about this for the future NBA making this rule change. But one of them was adding a four-point line, which I don't like because when you really look at it, going into the future, what are we going to have to compare the GOATs? This guy's going to have more points than the other one, but also he's shot more four points. It's like we're going to get so complicated to the point where – it's like adding awards. It's like, all right, but this guy got, oh, player of the game. Uh, this guy got player of the game 272 times. Oh, but this guy got, uh, I don't know, MVPs five times. It's just the comparison of awards is going to really just not make sense anymore. It's going to lose validation into the the original awards and the achievements that players have got. But like they said, add a four-point line. I don't know if you guys, you guys like that, yes or no. I, I honestly don't like it because, like I said, if you compare it, if we're going to go compare it to people in the past, right? It's like MJ. Say we have another we have another goat-like performance in 20 years down the line and they have a four-point line. I'd be like this guy only took 10 years to get to MJ's MJ's uh, uh I'm sorry, um LeBron's scoring record. I'd be like, "Yeah, no duh, cuz he took like 240 four-pointers, you know? So obviously it's going to help him out." So I don't like 
that aspect because it's going to make it more confusing on the people. I think you just keep basketball the way it is. Basketball is three and two pointers. That's all it is. Just keep it like that. Uh, maybe I'm being a Grinch, but Nai says, fantastic. We win the Victor Wamanyama sweepstakes, right? <laughs> um, I mean, you got a lot of teams fighting for them. Rockets are one. Spurs. I still got the, the, the Hornets are one of those teams. I think one of those teams that could be really dangerous for Victor. I mean, you could get you could you could win. There's always a possibility, but if you don't win, you could get Scoot Henderson, which is I think still an upgrade. Still an upgrade. Um, Fernando said, "No four point line. This sport is getting soft." <laughs> uh, I, I think it's just adding more offensive scoring power because everyone knows that offense is catching eyes. If that's and making money. That's that's a real that's a real thing. Like when you really look at it, for people that don't understand the sport, they love going to games and watch someone drain a three-pointer or do a dunk. They don't really get a lot of praise for a dude doing a great block or coming back on transition defense, taking a a foul, a, a charging foul. Like they don't really appreciate they do, but not as much as they do a three-pointer, say a dunk or a fadeaway shot. It just offense has always been overpowered by defense throughout history in any sport, soccer as well football but anyway going into knives victor wamayama is better than a chip because what detroit has now add victor uh bad boys of offense <laughs> i mean if you look at that team you got Cade cunningham who was a terrific point guard Jaden ivy that can go into the shooting guard position or you can flip vice versa flip flop those guys at the one and two and at that point what are you looking at? Victor Wamayama at the, at the center position? That is a good team. That is a good team. I can see a lot of pick and roll with Victor and Cade. I do think that they are a playoff team or a play-in team in the sense. So they will have a good, they will have a good um a good uh a good future ahead of them if they get Victor. I feel like a lot of teams do. Uh Fran said you should talk about the Islanders great game. Oh my gosh, don't even get started with them. So, guys, basically over the weekend. I went to an Islanders game with my dad, and we we were we were sitting in a nice area, man. It was really nice. The atmosphere was nice. First time I ever went to USB Arena, so shout out to USB. Thanks for the experience. It was really fun. Uh, but overall, the Islanders, the Islanders played like absolute dookie. Like, uh, there's there's no explaining it. They 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 literally played really bad. They versed the the Capitals. And they lost five one. The Islanders scored first in like two in like two minutes into the first first period, and all of a sudden, the the Washington Capitals scored five unanswered goals. But overall, the experience was awesome. I love hockey games. They're one of the most exciting atmospheres to be in. Everyone everyone chants. There's a lot of how do I say fandom in a sense with a lot of a lot of people. So I'm gonna go. I, I really I really like my experience and I'm gonna definitely go back to more Islanders games. I was disappointed in the way they played, but hockey's always one of those sports where physicality overrules everything and a lot of the fans get into it. So it was really great. I love watching Alexander Ovenchkin. That dude's that that dude is a legend in the sport. But um Nye says, Well, if you don't appreciate blocks, then why we keep talking about LeBron's chase down blocks? Make it make sense. I mean, the only reason why we talk about it is because it was in a playoff atmosphere. That's the only reason why we talk about it. I'm gonna be honest with you. I feel like if it never happened in the NBA in the NBA finals and for them to win a championship, we would never be I mean, we would still talk about it for that time, but we wouldn't be talking about it this long as being one of the greatest plays in NBA history because of the fact that it's all about 
the situation that it's in. You know what I mean? It's like playoffs have have a huge weight to it. They're one of the most watched. Like the regular season doesn't get watched a lot. Playoffs gets two times the amount of viewership because that's the emphasis and how much weight it holds for viewers and players. So overall, I realized I feel like the only reason why we talk about it and it's we appreciate that block because it ultimately was in the NBA finals. It was against one of the best teams in NBA history. And also it, it honestly won a chip. That's the only, I think that's one of the only reasons why other than that, it would be a great block. It, it, it still is a great block, but not as much hype. I don't know. Hopefully that made sense. Hopefully I made it made sense, but I want to get into this next one. Cause I want to give a lot of props to this team. The Sacramento Kings don't get a lot of love guys. They don't get a lot of love, man. I'm trying to give them love today. I want to give them love. Because why not? I love that. I love showing love to teams that don't get appreciated. The underdogs, quote unquote. But if we really look at this team right now, the Sacramento Kings, they are surprisingly the second team in the Western Conference. What the hell? Who would have thought? They're talking about one of the greatest turnarounds in pretty much one season. One season-wise, greatest turnaround. They went from one of the, being one of the worst teams in the NBA to, in fact, being one of the best teams in the NBA in one year. Just doesn't make any sense. I think we got to appreciate this team a lot. And they really didn't add no key pieces. I mean, they added a head coach in Mike Brown, but in free agency, all they added really was Malik Monk. I mean, they. I mean, last year they, they traded they traded um, Tyrese Halliburton away. They got Sabonis, but they've had it for like. 26 games to close out the season. But, like, if you really look at it, with that team that they had, very similar to this year's team, minus the trade that they had, and all of a sudden they're they're literally the second-best team in the West. I, I just can't fathom it. I give them a lot of credit for this team. But um, the question is, are the, the Kings a real threat going into the playoffs? And if I have to answer this one real quick, hell yeah. Wait, no. 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 What am I saying? They're not a threat. No, wait. Ah, let me think about this. I speak too, uh, speak too, speak too, too quickly. Let's really evaluate this team if we have to say so. If we have to think so, guys, comment down below. You think the Kings are a real threat? Playoff experience, they have none. So in that wise, they don't. They're not really a threat. Well, if you really look at their numbers, they're first in. They're the best offensive scoring team in the NBA, with 121.2 points per game. So that is scary. Offense is scary. But you know what's scarier? A great defense. So I think when it boils down to it, are they a threat in the playoffs? No. Now, they can still win a playoff series match probably the first round, but I think that's the farthest that they go. If Even if they probably... I don't even know if they could win that. I think if they verse the Dallas Mavericks, they're losing first round. But if they verse any other team like the Timberwolves, Utah Jazz, OKC... I think they have a good shot of winning, in fact, winning their first-round matchup. But after that, that's when they're going to get GGs because of the fact that there's no playoff experience for these players. De'Aaron Fox has no playoff experience. I believe Sabonis has like a year of playoff experience with the Pacers. I could be wrong with that. But with this team, he has none. Um, Mike Brown's a rookie head coach. So overall, it just they're just too young as a team. And that's okay. But when you look at one of the big keys, key reasons going into playoffs is experience. And a lot of teams that have experience go far. Like the Golden State Warriors in the previous years. But now I've said, OV is the closest I've seen to Bobby Orr. <laughs> Honestly, he's, he's, he's insane. He's legit. 
Um, you said the, the, the Kings were bad and then good. Uh, we said the same thing about Memphis last year. They're not a threat at all. Yeah, I agree. I agree. And uh, last year, what we said about Memphis was because they're too young of a team. And I think it's going to show its true colors. But no, no disrespect to the team. The team is playing phenomenal. Like I said, one of the greatest turnarounds, I believe, in, in, in could, we, uh, could we argue NBA history? I don't know if that's too far to, to say, but I definitely say it's one of the greatest ones that I've ever seen. But I'm going to try to find their their record last season. I'm going to try to see if they... um Standings. Oh, we can't do that on this? Okay. Let me just try to search this up real quick. Because I know that they were a dookie team. But I want to see what their actual record was. Kings record in 2022. Okay. Okay, so they finished off that season with the... Re- with, uh, the 12th team in the they were the 12th team in in fact the western conference with a record of 30 and 52 so they were 22 games below 500 so we got to talk about this for a second you're talking about one of the worst teams in the western conference if not in fact the nba the kings Mike Brown, coach of the year, should be locked right now. Mike Brown, there should be no other person contending for that for that, that trophy. Mike Brown is winning coach of the year. He led a, in his first year, I believe, he led a team, a Sacramento Kings team, to the second seed in the West. Obviously, there's still a lot of game left, a lot of time left. But as of right now, they have a record of 40, I believe 40 and 30. <coughs> Sorry. They have a record of 40 and 30. Compared to last season when they went 30 and 52. I'm sorry, they have a record of 40 and 26 when last year they had a record of 30 and 52. Like I said, one of the biggest turnarounds I've seen in my history in the NBA in one year. And like I said, they didn't really add anyone key. Sure, they traded Tyrese Halliburton last season, but they also got De'Aaron, uh, they also got Sabonis and all that stuff. And they got all this stuff. Um, also, only person they added was really Malik Monk. Uh, that's all he. That's all they added in free agency for a two-year deal. De'Aaron Fox stepped up. Sabonis is starting to find his role with the team. And credits all Mike Brown for doing the work because he's been balling with this team in his first year, leading them to a second spot in the Western Conference. I I just can't. I can't fathom it. I can't fathom it. Usually teams take like, okay, we improve by five wins, six wins, seven wins, eight wins, nine, ten, ten wins. Without like with having the same team going in from year to year, he went from you know just give me a bench piece, give me a couple bench pieces, and bam, I'm gonna be the second seed in the West. I mean, I think this has to be talked about a lot more. They're not getting a lot of credit in terms of big media platforms like First Take or or like Get Up and all these other media. I don't think Sacramento Kings are under the radar right now, and they really shouldn't be. Mike Brown's doing a tremendous job with this team, and they should be getting a lot more credit. Now they're not going to be threats in the playoffs, unfortunately, because of their playoff experience. But it's it's a good sign because you're talking about a team that had one of the, I think, the largest drought in NBA history in terms of not making the playoffs, and they're finally going to do that. So Sacramento can finally stand up for once. Congratulations, Sacramento! You guys are doing balling out. But anyway, if we really got. 
I mean, I, I wrote I wrote some stats down on Sacramento, and then we'll move on. But basically, in 2021-2022, this is when the team had a record of 30-52 and 52 and 12th in the Western Conference. They were 16th in points per game with 110. They were 24th in three-point percentage. They were 18th in free throw percentage. They were 22nd in assists per game, and they were 20th in free field goal percentage. Fast forward to this year, as of right now, they are, in fact, in 2022-2023, they are first in points per game with 121.2. I think the second player, second team that comes close is averaging 118. So they're up by three points on the next team. They are second in field goal percentage with 50%. They are, in fact, 10th in three-point percentage with 37%. They are ninth in free throw percentage with 79.9%. And they are fourth in, in, in assists per game with 27.1%. So talking about one of the greatest turnarounds, I think this definitely has a candidate for it. So shout out to Mike Brown and the Kings again. I got to give him props. Mm -hmm. And also, also one little fun fact, if you haven't heard about this, but they are one of the only teams to not have a player, not having to not have two players averaging 20 plus points on their team. Now, the other teams that don't have it, that don't have two plus players averaging 20 plus points are in fact San Antonio Spurs, the Rockets, the OKC, Timberwolves, Pistons, Magic, Pacers, Raptors, and Nets. Now, regard other than the Nets and the Timberwolves and the Raptors, what do all these teams have in common? They're not even in the play-in nor the playoff contention. Not even, I mean, the Pacers are they're they're sniffing they're sniffing around the tenth spot. So it was AK, OKC, but overall, it's like all these teams are not good record-wise. They're not top teams. The Kings are a top team, and the fact that Everyone is contributing. That's the best part about it. But guys, you guys think this is the greatest turnaround in NBA history? I don't know. I haven't been. I, I haven't seen the game in the 80s or 90s or the 70s. I haven't seen the game in the past. So I want to hear your opinions on it. But in my lifetime, I think it's it's one of the greatest ones, if not the greatest one. But regardless, I want to go back to NFL real quick, real quick, because I only got like an hour of you guys in the show. An hour and 15 depends on how, how long we go. But. <laughs> you said Vic sweepstakes. Oh <laughs> uh, gosh, but um, I want to get into this, this one real quick. It's about which trade do I want to see, or which trade do you want to see happen in the NFL? And we're gonna go into these three guys. I have three options for you guys. Austin Eckler just he just randomly requested for a trade after contract and after tr contract talks and work out with the Chargers. Also, DeAndre Hopkins has been on the trading block and Derrick Henry. So comment down below, which trade do you want to see to what team? So what team do you want to see this player go to? And uh, let's get into it. But which trade do I want to see happen? Obviously, I want to see DeAndre Hopkins go to the Giants. I think that's a very possible option. I think that can happen. I think it would help Daniel Jones become a top 10 consistent quarterback, if not top five. I really do. I think he can be around... Six, seven, eight. I think he can with a number one wide receiver. It would be like the trend where you have a, a young quarterback and he gets a number one wide receiver like Josh Allen with Stephon Diggs. Like I stated before, uh, AJ Brown with Jalen Hurts, Joe Burrow with Jamar Chase. Just a list of few. Like we see these guys take great leaps and hops to where they are now and being top five quarterbacks because of the fact that their team went out and traded for a number one wide receiver. I think. If the Giants get DeAndre Hopkins, I think it could be that similar aspect to the Giants and Daniel Jones. But Austin Eckler, this is a tricky one. It's a tricky one. 
Oh gosh, Nice. what are you doing? It's like NFL trades, D hop to Kansas City. That's guaranteed a Super Bowl. I mean, I, I mean, honestly, as a player, you want to win a Super Bowl, but that's that should not be fair. Patrick Mahomes, they already have Patrick Mahomes. That's already cheating enough. The dude's a legend. Like they should not be allowed to have any more people. They should not allowed to be signing anyone. We obviously know that they're going to be in AFC Conference Championships next season. Like there's there's no there's no surprise to it. But I got Hopkins going to the Giants now with Eckler. It's a really tricky situation. It just happened. The report came out today that he wants to. He's searching for a a trade option to another team because the contracts with Chargers didn't work out. So Eckler is one of those those those. Eckler is one of those running backs that is used more on the receiving end than he is as a rusher. So overall, you got to go to a team that primarily passes the ball and could use him well in the option. So one team I really think of particularly, and I said this one, I said this one for Derrick Henry. I think they, they ultimately just need a running back, and I think they should be going balls to the wall to get a running back, especially in a trade. I think it's the Buffalo Bills. I really do. The Buffalo Bills, one of their main options was in the fact that, especially in playoff games and in, in close games, is that they relied on Josh Allen way too much. And he would try to do Superman things, and then it would just result in turnovers, a.k.a. the red zone turnovers that he would have. I think if you add a running game to this team, a team that doesn't really have a consistent 1,000-yard rusher, you can bring in Austin Eckler, Austin Eckler that can bring you 1,000 yards on the ground and touchdowns, and not to mention will help you in the receiving game. Josh Allen would pull back in the pocket. He would go to the check down and it would be like ultimately like a Christian McCaffrey type of thing where we have a receiving back and we just let him ride. I think it would help the team so much and it would reduce Josh Allen's turnovers and they would be start looking like a Super Bowl championship team again, a Super Bowl contender team. Um, I like Eckler on the Bills. Another team you could really think of too. Uh, oh gosh. I mean, he could go to Miami. That's always an option. Jets don't need them. Titans, they're getting rid of Derrick Henry, so I don't think they would want another guy coming back. I mean, that's the only one I can really think of. I want to hear what the comments have to say. Knife says, my heart says King Henry to Detroit for the 18th overall pick. And the funny thing is, I think they would accept that. They would definitely accept that pick. They would definitely accept that that, that trade. Johnson said, hello there. What's going on, Jonathan? Hope you're having a great day. Thanks for popping out. Appreciate you, as always. Also, Nye says Brady got Moss. Why can't Mahomes have? <laughs> why Mahomes can't have D up? Because it's not fair, man. It's not fair. I'm sick and tired. And especially if we get Aaron Rodgers, we gotta make it like a little more competitive. We can't just give him like the whole meat and potatoes. Like, what else are we gonna eat? You know what I mean? You know, we gotta be a little fair. The Jets, the Jets have to be Super Bowl contenders. They have to have a chance. If you give him D hop, it just doesn't just doesn't help. I'm just kidding, but that 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 team would be stud. That that team would ultimately going back in the Super Bowl. Like I would put up, I would put money down putting this team going back into the Super Bowl if they get D Hop or any offensive weapon in that standpoint. But at least to the other one, Derrick Henry, I didn't, I didn't really cover. Now I says going to Detroit. Derrick Henry is different from Austin Eckler in the sense where he is a power back. He is going to run it down your throat physically. He's a physical runner. He's gonna stiff arm a couple guys like we see. Physical, like we said, physical runner. He can get the first down, basically bodying people. Austin Eckler is a receiving guy. He's a receiving back. He can get you those couple yards. He fights for them. He's a, he's a he's a gritty dude. But overall, he's mainly known for his receiving game as a as a as a running back. Now, a team that has to fit Derrick Henry's play style. If we really look at all these teams that need a running back, the list could be 
Ooh. No. I was thinking of one team. It could be the Washington Commanders. I don't know if you really want to go there because you're not really going to win. The the Buccaneers, obviously another question mark because they don't have a consistent quarterback. I heard that they're looking at Baker Mayfield right now. I don't know. Um, I mean, the Panthers, he can go to Panthers and be with the number one uh, number one quarterback. I don't really know where his, his, his correct spot should be. Honestly, guys, what do you got? I, I think the Lions could be a good one. I really do. I like the Lions one, Knives. I think that's a good one. Uh, Knives says, it wasn't fair for Brady to have Moss, and you know how that worked. Tell the people. <laughs> oh, uh, yeah, we, we all know what happened when he got Moss, you know. You know, but still, you still. Patrick Mahomes is on the verge of passing the all-time Tom Brady as a go conversation. So, you gave him any. They gave him Juju Smith-Schuster, and they won a Super Bowl. I know they had Travis Kelsey, but they got rid of Tyree Kill and they won a freaking Super Bowl. So they are insane. But overall, I, I like Derrick Henry to the Lions. I think they're one of those teams, like you said, that can make a playoff spot next season in a wild card, if not win the division. I think that would help their running game out a lot. But they already got De'Ara, they got DeAndre Swift. I mean, obviously, they can alternate with them. Yeah, I, I like that one. I like that one. I could go with that one. But overall, I think the Hopkins one to the Giants is ultimately my favorite one. Obviously, for uh, for bias reasons. Now I says honestly, it's Minnesota, but Detroit uh, get him, resign Jamal, trade Swift, and we on baby. Yeah, I, I heard. I heard Jamal Jamal Williams is um looking at the Jets as one of their trade options. Nice. What do you guys think? What do you think about that? The Jets getting the Jets getting Jamal Williams would help out their run game tremendously. Bre- uh, 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 Brees Hall and uh, yeah, Brees Hall and Jamal Williams be really really fun to watch and Aaron Rodgers guys are winning the Super Bowl but but without further ado we're getting up on the hour mark of the show so that means that we are slowly going to the end of the show hopefully this if you have liked this episode so far make sure you smash that like button and subscribe to the show and share the show if you're new here and share the show to everyone that you know we appreciate every single one of you guys that are popping out today couldn't have done it this show without you most importantly so Let's get it popping before we close out the show. We got some, we got another topic to talk about. It's in the Champions League, and I want to just bash one team. It's literally, I want to bash PSG. I really want to do. And if you don't know, PSG lost three nothing to Bayern Munich the other day on aggregate. They lost two nothing at, at Bayern. And I'm gonna be honest with you. Everyone was talking about, oh, Messi's out of the out of the out of the the Champions League. He hasn't won in eight years, which is ter- which is. Shocking for his caliber as a player. But overall, if you look at PSG as a whole, disappointing, bro. Disappointing. You look at talent-wise, PSG on paper are a better team compared to Bayern Munich. It's really that simple. They are a better team based off of paper, on paper, with talent-wise. Hakimi, um, Mbappe, Messi, all these guys, top-tier names, and they lost to Dortmund. Not Dortmund. They lost to the Bayern. And you know why? Because Bayern plays like a freaking team. This is where I go back to the statement where I say in the NBA and particularly in the NBA where I say superstar teams can't really win anything. I would rather have a team with great chemistry with good players rather than a super team of three stars. This is when the Brooklyn Nets had Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving and James Harden. I, I, I just didn't I didn't really I didn't really like that. So I think if you get a team with good chemistry that can work well with each other and with their obviously good players compared to a team that has super team and super players. I think the team with good chemistry always wins. 
obviously out of there's always an exception the other team super team might win once in a while but overall nine times out of ten the team of great chemistry will always win so Bayern's one of those teams that plays with discipline and they play with a strategy PSG looked lost they looked lost I'm not saying it not lightly like Messi was lost the whole game I'm gonna be honest with you I, I couldn't find him on the field and that's not even understatement. That's not even a shade at him. I'm being I'm being real. Anyone who watched that game in both legs, I couldn't find Messi. I really couldn't. And honestly, it's not throwing shade. And everyone's be like, "Oh, you like Ronaldo? That's why you're saying it." No, no, because if it was Ronaldo, I'd be saying the same thing. I've been saying the same thing. I don't like how he went to Saudi Arabia. He's in a terrible league. But overall, it, it's, he's, Messi hasn't shown up in Champions League when it mattered the most. It's just it's just that simple. It's just that simple. So overall, uh, if only I could get into that that debate, but I'm not going to do that today. We're over time. But congratulations to to Bayern. PSG's got to take a couple of books on Bayern how to how to build a team. So right now it looks like they're going to lose Messi this season. I don't know where Messi's going. I heard MLS, but we'll see what happens. They're going to lose Mbappe, I think, because I think Mbappe is going to leave because he's finally learned his lesson. And looks like they're only going to be stuck with Neymar. And overall, the team's not because they're still going to win. They're they're still going to leave win league on because of the fact that no one else is better wise in terms of caliber and just stardom. No one's better than them in that league, and it's like an Uber Eats league. But like overall, yeah, they they in, in games like the Champions League, it's just it's just it's just just sad, just sad. Um, overall, we got and also AC Milan beat Tottenham. On aggregate, one nothing. I said AC Milan is going to win. Congratulations to them. Chelsea beat Dortmund. I was really shocked about that one. I was not expecting that one. Congrats to Chelsea, but they're still one of those teams that are inconsistent. And also, my beloved Benfica, let's get it. They beat Club Bruges 5 1, 7 1 on aggregate. So they're advancing to the quarterfinals. That's just how we like it, man. And now, I believe on Tuesday, which is tomorrow, yeah, tomorrow, we got Porto going up against Inter, Mi- Inter Milan. So, and Porto had to score one goal to tie and two goals to win. But overall, stay tuned for that. But we have another comment from Nice said, <laughs> F <laughs> all the way off. Jamal is a lion for the rest of his career. But Nice, the Jets, the Jets love Pokemon. The Lions don't. That's why Jamal is going to come over here. Nice says, David, when do I get, get my merch? We're discussing that. For the future, obviously, we've been telling you this, and I'm sorry we keep on blue balling you. I'm gonna be honest with you, but we are discussing in the works of that, and we are gonna discuss with you within this week on when you're gonna get on the show in the future. So stay tuned, keep your phone by you. Obviously, we're gonna talk, we're gonna talk with you. So, like, we're gonna discuss all this stuff during the week, uh, behind the scenes. Don't you worry, don't you worry, we're gonna be on top of that. But overall, Enough of soccer, enough of football, enough of basketball. Let's get into the NBA go to the week because there are no big deal, not big deals for today. I was going to do UFC because we got one coming up on Saturday, but I, I think I think we can wait on that. I think we can wait on Thursday um, overall. Actually, you know what? I'm going to do it because obviously, uh, big deal, not big deal. UFC 286, um, Leon Edwards is going to defend his belt against Kamar Usman. Now, guys, comment down below who you have winning, Leon Edwards or Kamal Usman. I believe they're fighting in England. So, at Leon Edwards, that's his home, that's his home field. I still have, I got Kamal Usman winning. I think with Leon Edwards, I don't think he's a consistent champion. 
Uh, I think he got lucky in a sense, obviously. But overall, I think Kamaru Usman's just way more dominant. But it all depends on the mentality that Kamaru has because a lot of champions, when they get beat like that and knocked out like that, they don't really get back. They don't really get get back to their form sometimes. Some people. Some people take it with a grain of salt and they come back better than ever. But if he takes this personally and he can't get back to the right headspace, Kamara, it's could be a long, a long fight for Kamara. But I, I I think he's he's a warrior. I think he's gonna win. I think he's gonna win. Also, you got Justin Gaethje versus Rafael Fiyev. Fiyev. I got Justin Gaethje winning. The odds say Rafael, but I just love the way Justin Gaethje fights. But Overall, that's my big deal and not a big deal, guys. What do you guys think? Leon Edwards, Kamar Usman, who do you think? Comment down below. But without further ado, let's get into the NBA Go to the Week. Let's get it popping, ladies and gents. Starting off with my 6 through 10 honorable mentions. I'm so excited to get this one done. At number 10, I got Larry Marketing or Lori Marketing. I'm sorry if I say Larry. It's Lori Marketing. At number 9, I got Brooke Lopez. The dude had 17 blocks. 17 blocks in three games. That is ridiculous. If we got to average that out, that's six blocks, almost six blocks a game. At number eight, I got Mikel Bridges. At number seven, I got Dame. At number six, I got Steph Curry. He's finally back on the list. Shout out to Steph. Coming back his first time on the list since injury. So we love seeing that from Steph Curry. And also, at, now, into the, now into the top five. Before I do, we got some comments. Nav says, Potal. Because if Potal Ja, Potal, because if Potal, I guess you want me to go with Ja? I guess that's what you're implying. I'll go with Ja. I'll start with Ja. Uh, and Fernando says Uzman wins. I, I think so, too. I think so, too. Um, now I'm going to the top five NBA go to the week. At number five, I got Trey Young. At number four, I got Donovan Mitchell. At number three, I got Jimmy Butler. At number two, I got Nikola Jokic. And at number one, this guy balled off and balled out. I said balled off. <laughs> it's not even a statement. He balled out, and he had a tremendous week. I'm going to be honest with you. It's neck and neck between Jokic and this dude. I'm going to be honest with you. Jokic, Embiid's making a big run for the money right now. And the go to the week is... In fact, the Philadelphia 76er, Joel Embiid. Dang, bro. Joel Embiid. Joel Embiid's been balling for this team. He really has. They have, I think, the third or fourth best record in the I think the fourth best record in the NBA. They have been balling with this team. Joel Embiid's been balling every single day, scoring 30-plus points. Scoring machine. His defense has been phenomenal this week. And uh, there's no one else I could really put at number one. I think I think, I think, I think uh, Embiid deserved it. And Nikola Jokic had an insane week as well, but Embiid had a little bit better. He played a little He played... Uh, he played four games and he had 17 forced turnovers and combining of steals and blocks. So overall, congratulations to Joel Embiid. Deserved it. But and now he's making a neck, he's making a closer race between him and Jokic. I believe the I believe the only people on this list for MVP, if I'm gonna be honest with you, the only people left. Luca fell off, unfortunately. I know. I don't make up the rules, guys. I know, I know a lot of people are upset about about that, but like Luca hasn't been playing as good. Obviously, he hasn't been playing because he's been injured for like the last three games. But um, overall, he hasn't playing been playing thirty plus point triple double like he normally does. He's still putting up thirty plus points, but like double doubles, and it's not gonna get him MVP type of status. But always next year, always next year, and MVP Luca and playoff Luca is gonna be a different breed. 
Also, um, I think the only three people left in this race are, in fact, Giannis, if he plays, if he actually plays, Jokic and Embiid. I think those are the only three. And I guess you can put Tatum in there. He's still on the edge. But overall, I think the three main ones are Giannis, Jokic, and Embiid. I really do. Not in that order. But, oh, not Luka because he's overrated. Ah, I promised myself I won't get mad at any more Luka comments. So I won't break. But Luka is not overrated. He just, he just... He's he's actually underrated. Did I know that? Nice, nah, come on. It doesn't work without Eric here to laugh at your Luca overrated. <laughs> fair enough, fair enough. But I hope. Uh, and honestly, bro, Luca's not overrated. I ah, it gets me so mad sometimes. But he's not. He's not. He's 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 underrated. He's really underrated. Doesn't get a lot of props. <laughs> but overall, guys, let's get into a lovely game of Podal. I had Joel Embiid as in fact to go to the week. One more round of applause for Joel Embiid. He balled out again but now overall guys that concludes episode 169 of Dini takeover like we say always at the show we appreciate every single person that watches our show and in fact listens to one second of it it couldn't be done without you we really appreciate we truly do and a round of applause to you guys for actually listening and tuning in uh, but before we head out Make sure you follow us on TikTok and Instagram, official underscore D-E, the letters underscore takeover, official underscore D-E underscore takeover, all lowercase. Also, make sure you follow us on Apple Podcasts and Spotify because you listen to all this live. This live episode gets put onto Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and wherever you get your podcasts. It's D-E takeover. Type that in. Also, make sure you follow Eric's Instagram. It's Eric underscore Hein 16. Make sure you follow my Instagram. It's at David underscore Rod underscore O2. And make sure you follow the sponsors of this episode. In fact, the Elegantly Crafty, at Elegantly Crafty on Instagram. They make delicious sweets and treats. Shout out to them for always keeping me in stock. And also, most importantly, make sure you like, comment, subscribe, and share the show to everyone that you know. Right now, if you haven't liked this video, please do that. And right now, if you're new here, please subscribe. Help grow our brand and keep on getting new equipment. If, if I don't know, just... just the more the more the we can spend more time doing this instead of doing other things <laughs> but overall we appreciate you guys keep on hitting that subscribe button thank you for liking this keep on watching us we appreciate you guys and without further ado it's been your boy david oh, i was waiting for eric to say his name oh my gosh <laughs> uh now he says i know trash players are sexy <laughs> bro yeah 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 but without further ado guys it's been your boy david and we are out. Thank you for a nice episode 169. Peace.